0: Hello, it's Hypnopunk here with another episode of Unstuck, Transformation with Edge, and today's episode is all going to be about anxiety, what it is, how it affects people, and what you can do if you suffer from anxiety, if you have anxiety yourself, yeah, I know was a bit of a mouthful there, and how you can stop doing that now. It's interesting. As a uh, as a youngster growing up, um, the term anxiety didn't didn't really um, exist. Certainly, the term social anxiety didn't exist. Generalized anxiety, specific anxiety, didn't really exist. And I wasn't aware, growing up in the uh, 90s, of, of of many people being on anti-anxiety uh, medication. Where people on antidepressants and stuff, but that's another story for another day. But as far as I know, uh, there wasn't an awful lot of people. Um, suffering from anxiety or taking medication, because it wasn't really a diagnosed disorder there. So the way I look at it in anxiety, and and I've been helping people deal with forms of anxiety um, for about 20 years now as a a change worker, as an agent of change, is um, anxiety is not something that's done to you. It's not that somebody comes along and does anxiety to you. It's something that you do to yourself. Now some people are going to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you said that, Luke. Why would I do anxiety to myself? This doesn't make any sense. Why would I do it? You're out of your mind. I'm not saying that you're doing it consciously. I'm not saying that you're sitting around your house saying, You know what? I'm going to make myself feel really shitty today. So what I'm going to do, and by the way, this is the formula for anxiety from everyone, from every walk of life. Here's how they do it. Are you ready? But they do it really, really quickly. Here's how everyone does anxiety. You go out to in a future of... Because you can only have anxiety, by the way, for the future. You can't have anxiety for stuff that happened in the past or for right now. It's always future-based. So here's how everyone in the universe does anxiety. Are you ready? Go out to the future to some event that hasn't yet happened. Imagine it going shitty. Look back towards now. Bring all those shitty feelings back towards now. And basically... Preordain or set that compass inside to draw that to happen to me, so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now you might say, "Well, why would anyone do it?" Well, listen, it's not something you do consciously. You know, sit around thinking about it, but that's how people do it. But they don't do it like that. They do it faster than that. Did you hear that? They do it faster than that because I know people do anxiety, do it really, really good. That they can do it in a millisecond. They go from zero to a hundred. Now you might ask, well 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 why? Why are we why are we doing anxiety? Now every problem we have, whether it's that we overeat, we're depressing ourselves, we're anxietying ourselves, on some unconscious level we're getting what we call as a secondary cane, we're getting something from the behaviour. Now, I am not saying, I'm not suggesting you know what that is, and you sit around concocting that. I'm not saying what that is, but on some level, you're getting something from it. Otherwise, the problem would cease to exist. It would almost like being poor, having to make, having to pay the bills, having to make money to pay the bills, yet going to a job for 40 or 50 hours a week as a volunteer and never making any money, at some point you would have to stop and get a real job to pay your bills because you're not getting any money. You're getting something from your problem, otherwise it would cease to exist. It's not something you're getting consciously. You're probably not even aware of it, but on some unconscious level, you're getting some kind of payback from it. Now, for some people, it might be that they get more um, attention from their family, from their loved ones, like, oh, there, there, you're anxious, tell me about all your problems. They start to feel significant because people start to listen to them. Perhaps they don't have to work anymore, so they don't have that burden Perhaps they get a check from the government because they've been diagnosed with anti-anxiety disorder or post-traumatic stress disorder. And I'm not saying these people don't truly feel these feelings, that's not what I'm saying, understand that. But there's an added benefit that I get to stay at home, or I get sympathy from people, or people look at me different, or people look at me as the anxiety guy, and that's my significance in the world. One of my human needs is met just like that, just by having this disorder. And people start to look at me a different way. I don't know what it is for you if you do suffer from anxiety. But it'll be a reason. It might be one of those. It might be another reason. And oftentimes i work with people with anxiety. They want to tell me why I'm anxious because blah, blah, blah. And I can always tell they're anxious from the way they're talking. It starts to make me anxious. So I have to not get sucked in to that reality. Because here's the thing, as a good change worker, I just need to know what your problem is, i.e. you're suffering from the symptoms of anxiety, you're suffering from the symptoms of depression, fear or phobia, whatever it may be. However, I do not need to know, necessarily, when it started, I do not need to know what the event is, because you see, I'm not a counsellor. I'm not a psychotherapist, I'm not a psychiatrist, I don't believe that we need to go back to that memory necessarily, have you tell me about it so now I get, tra- get traumatised and make you relive it over and over again by telling me about it three times a week for up to four years. As Sigmund Freud said, the father of modern day psychology, someone could see me, Sigmund Freud, four times or three times a week for four years and I couldn't even guarantee their problem would be lessened, let alone gone. I ain't got time for that. I work fast with people and quite frankly I don't care why my client is anxious. I just care that they're hurting themselves, that they feel like shit and they want to stop and then I come in to help them stop. I don't care what the story is. I just care about getting them to end their fucking suffering so they can get on with their life and do whatever they want to do without this anxiety. So there's many, many different things you can do with anxiety. Many, many different things you can do to deal with anxiety. Do I believe that talking about it over and over again helps? Maybe 10% of the time it does, but oftentimes it just reinforces it over and over and over again. There's very, very many different techniques you can use, whether it's uh, a kinetic shift technique, something that Carl Smith uses out there, a famous hypnotist, very, very powerful technique. There's different forms of uh, techniques from neuro-linguistic programming or hypnosis to really help people shift uh, intense anxiety. I've had clients that come into my office. There was a chap, and um, I won't say his name. This was quite a while ago. But he had um, he's an older gentleman, and he'd come into my office because what would happen is, I don't know, for the last 20, 20, 20 years, I think it was, he'd been reporting that when it came into the autumn season, winter seasons, and the nights started to get darker and darker and darker, out of nowhere, he would just have this cloud that would just essentially appear, metaphorically it would say, over his head and just made him feel really, really sad and also really, really anxious and his sense of loss would take over him. Now, there's no logical reason for any of this. Nothing happened. Yet he had this real... Um, real bad feeling of anxiety and depression all mixed into one and his doctors had given him some medication And as long as he used the medication he was on a um, a nice what do you say nice clean path but the problem is he didn't want to take medication for the rest of his life he had been on it way too long and it was affecting him quite frankly, frankly sexually He couldn't get it up anymore and um, he just he, he just didn't want to rely on medication so uh, he can see me Uh, and I I don't ever work with clients on medication because obviously I'm not a medical doctor and I am not here to uh, disperse medical advice in any way, shape or form. But uh, I asked him to discuss with his doctor and his doctor was happy to um, start to reduce his anxiety medication. And so he started to come in and he booked eight sessions with me. And I wasn't sure how long it was going to take, if it was going to take two sessions or eight. Eight is a very, 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 very extreme situation, very rarely do sessions go eight. We usually do things about this for two to four, but I gave him the option and he wants to come and see me for eight. So I'm like, okay. So we came into my office and first session was an hour, we did a technique with him and uh, his anxiety disappeared. It, it went. Um, not just in the office at that time, because I set the anxiety off in the office because I wanted to see him Uh, go into those negative states so at the end we knew that it worked because he wasn't feeling that way anymore he came back a week later and as I do with all my clients I simply asked him so hey how's your last week been report what's happened because all my sessions are based on um, finding out, getting a reality report from my clients as to what happened between session one or two, or whatever the number of the sessions are, rather than me going there with a preordained notion of knowing exactly where they are, because I don't until they come in and report what happened over last week. And he's like, um, so I'm ready to go to step two with the anxiety. And he's like, oh, it's gone. I'm like, it's gone. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's gone. He's like, but the strangest thing happened, on that Friday after our session, I went home and I couldn't sleep that night at all. I was up the whole night and all those triggers that we discussed in the session with one another, they came up one after the other after the other and I couldn't sleep. All the triggers came up, all the memories came up, but I had no emotional reaction to them at all. I'm like, wow. Isn't that amazing? He's like, yeah, like, well, what do you want to do with the next seven sessions? And I've never had a client pay for a problem to disappear and it went away too fast. I never had them be too upset about that. They're always really, really happy The quicker we get rid of it. But he had seven sessions left. He's like, well, can you just reinforce this? I'm like, absolutely. We're going to do that anyways. And he's like, and uh, he was an Italian chap, and he's like, I eat too much bread, and I eat too much pasta, so can you do some work over this? I'm like, yeah, but will you still be a true FBI, full-blooded Italian, if we get rid of your bread and pasta? And he laughed, and he said, yeah. And I said, listen, I mean, is it something you want to reduce, or is it something that you just want to stop completely? Because it's a lot easier to stop doing something than it is to control it. And he goes, yeah, I'd actually like to stop it altogether. Uh, so we came in the next week and uh, we d- I got to bring in some of his favourite pasta and his favourite bread and we did some techniques around that and got rid of that as well but it can go that quick I've had clients and I've done a technique with them and the anxiety has gone within 10 minutes sometimes even less than that people have had, had it for 10, 20, 30 years debilitating. is it because I'm God? No is it because I'm a magical being? No it's because anxiety is fucking bullshit well, what do you mean, Luke? What do you mean it's fucking bullshit? Am I fucking bullshit? No, I'm not saying you're fucking bullshit. I'm saying you probably really feel those things that you feel that you feel. But what I'm saying is it's bullshit is it doesn't exist. And what I mean by that is you can only have anxiety for things that haven't happened in the future. And the very fact that they haven't actually happened means you're projecting rather rapidly, faster than the milliseconds of the future of something shitty happening automatically. But it hasn't happened. And it doesn't necessarily have to happen. And that's what I mean by bullshit. It's just you've learned a very fast way to get yourself uh, emotional about something And you do it really, really well. The anxiety sufferer does it really, really fucking well. Super, super, super fast. But my job as a change expert is to actually go in there and to basically, if you think of that program that's running like a malware in your computer, if anxiety is like a malware, like a virus that you're running in your mind, is essentially to get that disk, that CD, of that program that's in your mind and essentially get a bunch of keys and scratch that cd up and then what happens when you scratch a cd up and you try and play it again it doesn't play the same way anymore it skips tracks it skips songs it can't repeat the the, um, the processor on your computer can't process can't read the information the same which means the program can't run the same anymore that's essentially what I do when it comes to helping people do anxiety. Because here's the thing you never have to feel anxiety about anything. Because you see, inbuilt into all of us through evolution is a thing called the fight flight or freeze response whether you think about it or not it's always there and it's always in everyone it's like if you're walking down a street and suddenly um, you're crossing the road and a car just comes out of nowhere and it starts to come down that street automatically you'll probably jump forward or back you didn't need to think about it because five seconds ago you didn't know that car was going to happen you didn't have the time to fear it it just happened you heard you heard the car you heard the cars tires and you just jump forward or back so you didn't get killed or hit by that car that happened automatically, you didn't have to spend 10 years worrying about that one day that maybe in the future a car will spin with bars around the corner way too fast and try and kill me. Your protective mechanisms is inside, fight, fight or freeze. That will give you an increased amount of speed, power, strength, resilience, stamina in that very moment to enable you to get out of danger. It's in all of us. It's in all of us. So playing a game of anxiety of going to the future and imagine things going shitty, even though you do it rapidly, very quickly and you don't do it consciously, it doesn't actually help you at all. It does not prepare you. But think of the worst thing that happens and dwelling in it doesn't make it less likely to happen. It actually makes it more likely to happen because you start to rehearse it in your mind. It's like the story of the golfer or any professional athlete, but we'll just play with Tiger Woods at the moment, who sees, experiences, visualizes himself hitting that ball on the green over and over and over and over and over again thousands of times until when he's out there, he hits it just like he did in his mind. That's a positive way of using future projections. Anxiety is a very, very bad way of dealing with future projections that make you feel shitty, that make you feel horrible, that end up having you addicted to all kinds of medications and not being able to have general interactions. Another thing going around today is social anxiety. Everyone's socially anxious. Oh, I've got anxiety. And people start to talk about anxiety like it's, oh, I've got anxiety. It becomes a identity trait of people. Oh, yeah, I've got anxiety. They start to become proud to start to tell people this. And here's the thing. You don't have anxiety. You don't catch anxiety. You do anxiety. And if it's making you feel miserable and it's making you feel shitty and it's putting limits on your life, Then you're a fucking idiot if you keep doing it and you don't get some help, whether that's by me or someone else out there, to get rid of this once and for all. It's not a badge to wear to be proud of, I've got anxiety so I get to fit into the anxiety club, the anxiety self-help group. No, it's a shitty program that you run inside your head that's putting limits on your life and making you feel fucking miserable and putting your heart and lungs under way too much stress and your adrenal glands. Stop it. Just fucking stop it. You do not need this. You have fight, flight, or freeze. It's there inside each and every one of us. Whether you knew it or you didn't, whether you accept it or you don't, it just happens to be science. But anxiety, anxiety is shitty and it doesn't help you. There's a thing called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Everything's a disorder now. Anything that a psychiatrist can give a label to, they will. So then they can give you a medication to it that doesn't alleviate the problems. It just dumbs down all of your feelings about everything. So you can't quite feel great or shit anymore. You just feel dumbed down very much like uh, Jack Nicholson. If you ever saw that movie, In One floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, where he's a vibrant, charming uh, colorful, charismatic character for the whole movie to eventually get those prefrontal lobes fried by some shock treatment and then just, it's still alive but barely because there's just no more personality. There's no highs, there's no lows, there's no nothing but a zombie. And that's often an extreme example, I know, but sometimes people need extreme examples to wake them up from their apathy. You know who I got that from? Bruce Wayne aka Batman on that one. General anxiety, social anxiety, oh, I'm anxious about everything all the time, or I'm just anxious, uh, specific anxiety about giving talks or talking to the opposite sex or yada, yada, yada. It's all bullshit. You don't need it. You can get rid of it. You can get rid of it rapidly, or you can keep it for the rest of your life. You can get rid of it that quickly, literally that quickly you can get rid of it, and you can choose to keep it in your life as well. But it just comes down to the decision, are you ready to simply let it go? Because that's how simple it is. And don't, don't get mixed up in, it's, oh, it's so simple, it can't work. No, oftentimes, many of the solutions to life's problems are very, very simple. Very, very simple. And we overcomplicate them into these 12-step programs to release your anxiety. This 22-DVD program, if you watch it all, you'll master your anxiety. No, you don't need any of that shit. You don't even need to spend a dime on it. Here's what you do. Stop fucking projecting shit going wrong for you in the future. Stop it. And every time you feel yourself getting that heart and feeling those toxic chemicals inside your body, instead of dwelling on all the shit that could go wrong, start to think about what could go right. See, that mechanism that takes you into the future that you anxiety yourself with, it, the, the mechanism's fine, it's just the emotion that's good. The mechanism that takes you into the future to have the hindsight, to have foresight. You can start to use that to project the kind of future that you want in your life, to be impassioned about. You can use that very mechanism. It's not the mechanism that's wrong, the mechanism you can use. It just becomes wrong when you start to use that tool for the wrong thing. See, a gun is not dangerous unless the person who's holding it is going to do dangerous things with it. A knife is not a weapon unless the person carrying that knife wants to use it as a weapon. A spoon isn't necessarily a delightful piece of cutlery that you can eat ice cream or yoghurt with, because you could use it as a weapon. It all depends on what you're planning to do with it. It's not inherently bad or good, it's just the intentions. So think about that mechanism now so in the future start to imagine things going the way you want. See it, feel it, hear it, smell it and taste it to a lesser extent. Get all those senses working for you. So you can start to turn this thing that used to be one of your biggest weaknesses, turn it on its ass, so it now becomes one of your biggest strengths. So you can literally build a propulsion system that both pushes you and pulls you to the kind of outcome that you want in your life. It's your life. You probably only have one time in this life. You probably only have one go-around. So now take your life and make it the masterpiece it deserves to be. I've been Punk. This has been another edition of Unstuck Transformation with Edge. Please leave your thumbs up, your five-star reviews on iTunes, however else you're listening to this. Share this podcast, listen every week. And any other topics that you'd like to see covered, please do leave those in the comment section. Always belief.